0: In fall of 2018, when I came to Twin Buttes, I heard that there was an old church in Twin Buttes that was still standing. It had been decommissioned in the early 1970s. But it was still standing there. It still had the altar in it. And there were a few other things as well. So we got the altar out. I took some of the wood off the frames around the windows. I saved it. We got the altar restored. When I would look at the church, uh, my heart ached because this church building, which was only there for twenty years, part of it had been below the lake before the the, the garrison dam was built but um, as I looked at the church, it was very dis in very disarray. The shingles were falling off the siding was falling off there was holes in the floor most of the, all the windows were were broken, but the bottom of the ledges were starting to rot the entries were were on the bottom. no doors were in the building with the exception of the confessional door. Yesterday, we burnt that church to the ground because of the state that it was in. It was safer for it to be, to be burnt to the ground and the hole covered up than it being a, a place where people would come and have drinking parties, which was actually the case. Graffiti was all over in the inside. So we burnt it to the ground. That church is ashes now. As I was watching the church burn to the ground, as there were just a few embers left, I decided to go on over to the cemetery, which is right nearby. I came to the cemetery, and I was going up and down the rows of graves, and I saw that some were new graves with a pile of dirt, you know, still quite high. Others were sunken in. And I, I remembered then that, what well, we're going to hear a moment, a moment from now, that we are dust and to dust we shall return as i went on further i saw the crucifix that was put up i was told it was put up just about 10 years ago it's a plexiglass crucifix and i was looking there at the corpus on the crucifix i noticed that the the corpus is starting to to crack from the sun pieces were already chipped away this corpus is falling apart and as I, as all of us began the season of Lent, I look at it I look at all of you. And to say it bluntly, I see people decaying. We're all getting old. And we're all gonna turn to dust. None of us are gonna survive. None of us. That may sound depressing, but it's not. And the reason it's not is because we have a soul. We have a soul. Today's not the last day of our life, meaning eternal life. But today is to remind us that there is eternal life and that none of us were created for hell. That we're called to repentance. We're called to to bring our life to Christ in a fuller way. Beginning today, not stopping tomorrow, not stopping this week, but beginning today, we bring our life to Christ remembering that we are falling apart, remembering that we will turn to dust. But our soul, if we have chosen God, will, will live eternally in heaven. Two things I want you to call to mind. So this season of Lent, most of us are very familiar with what we're supposed to do for Lent. We're supposed to you know, give up stuff. We're supposed to pray more, we're supposed to give alms. We're, we're most familiar with the giving up stuff, you know, from candy to chocolate to other things and so forth. But I, I want you guys to make this Lent different than any other Lent. I want you to imagine that on Easter Monday you're going to die. That Easter Monday, the day after Easter Sunday, you're going to die, or you're going to die before then. What would you do differently this Lent than past Lents? How would you live your life? If you knew you were going to die next month, what would you do differently? Knowing that when you die, your body's gonna to turn to dust, and your soul is gonna go off to meet Jesus, and you're going to be judged according to the good you've done, the bad you've done, whether you say yes to Jesus or no to Jesus? What would you do differently? What would you do differently this Lent? I don't know what it is for you. But I would guess we're going to make important things important and not important things not important things. I would guess we're going to do that. Last Wednesday, during youth group, at the end of youth group, I, uh, we had watched a video, and then we had so, a little bit of discussion, and I, I asked uh, all the youth, I said, What is it that that keeps you the most from saying your prayers or from growing in relationship with God? Everyone said their smartphone. I can relate to that. Our gadgets are so distracting. There's a lot of good stuff in our gadgets, don't get me wrong. But our gadgets are so distracting. If we go back 50 years ago or 100 years ago, before the internet, before television came out, even before the radio, when we finished our work, we sat down in a chair and we talked to people. If there was no one to talk to, we contemplated. What happened during the day? What we did, what we didn't do. We thought about stuff. Now, when we are finished with work, when we get a a moment to breathe a little bit, we sit in our chair, and what do we do? We whip out our phones. Right? We all do this. Anybody who has a smartphone, you know exactly what I'm saying. Because I I know I do the same. Or, to, to be bluntly put, used to be when you you know, you would sit on the toilet, you were at least away from the television set or the radio, you had like maybe five minutes to contemplate. Now, we whip out our phones. (laughs) Right? So we're distracted. We're distracted over and over again that we, we go through our whole day filled with, having our minds filled with so much stuff that we don't have time for prayer. So we end our day And we're like, I didn't even say my prayers. And we quickly speed through it so we don't feel completely guilty. We say one or two prayers and we go to sleep. And then the next day, we do the same thing over again. We go about our lives so distracted. The point I'm making here, folks, is if we knew we were going to die we would very likely cut out some of those things that are distracting us from eternal things. That are distracting us from God. We would cut them out. Which means I would like you guys to cut those things out. I mentioned last year, I've done this for a number of years now, turning my phone to black and white during Lent. It it cuts out a lot of the distraction. The phone's not as appealing. It's just not I know there's a setting on your television set to turn it to black and white as well. Maybe turn your TV to black and white. You're not going to be drawn to watch, you know, Amazon Prime or Hulu or, you know, whatever it is as much. Maybe it's turning the news off. You know, you're like, you know what, My my day's been pretty good. You watch a half hour of news, now I'm depressed. Maybe read it instead. Go, go, you know, whatever it takes, read it in the newspaper, listen to it on the radio instead. But taking things out that don't draw us so in and get us distracted from what's most important, namely our prayer life. That's the first thing I want to mention. The second thing is this, prayer life. Most of us are familiar with the rosary. Most of us know how to pray the rosary. I want to encourage all of you, not just encourage you, I want to tell all of you, pray the rosary every day. We have, for those of you who have smartphones, I I don't know about um, Android products, but I know Apple products, you can now go in there and see how much time you spent on each app. You can see it. And I would guess that if you have any social media uh, on your phone, At the end of the week, it's probably going to be four to six hours of time. That's about average, although it's increasing. And then we look at those six hours of time and we think, what did I grow, how did I grow from that stuff? But now you take those six hours of time, or even just three hours of the time, when you pray the rosary every day, it takes 20 minutes, usually less once you get familiar with it. 15 to 20 minutes of praying the rosary every day, meditating upon the mysteries of Christ. It's going to transform your Lent, folks. And don't tell me you don't have time for the rosary, because I know all of you do. I know every one of you do, does. If you're single, especially, I know you have time. If you're married, I still know you have time, even if you have kids running around the house. Maybe pray together as a family. Sit down together. Husbands, dads, I want to really encourage you. It might be the hardest for you to pray the rosary. Maybe not, I don't know. But to really say, I need Jesus. I need Jesus. It's going to transform your Lent. Know this, folks. You actually could die this Lent. Are you gonna be ready? You actually could die. We could die tonight going home. Whether you're young or old, all of us could die this Lent. Are you ready? I don't want to spook you. Or maybe that's what I'm doing. But I, but I want you to encounter the love of God. The reason the church gives us the season of repentance to really focus in, to contemplate what, how we're living our lives, the church gives it to us because the church wants us with Jesus with, in heaven. I say this because I, I want you to be in heaven. I want you to encounter the love of God. So don't be afraid of our Lord. Be afraid of your sins. Don't be afraid of God. Be afraid of that which keeps you out of heaven. A couple of things. I mentioned praying the rosary. Um, You guys are familiar with the rice bowl. We have a number of rice bowls back there. Uh, If you want to use that as the way of giving alms during Lent, feel free to grab one of them. Also, we have the word among us. It has the daily mass readings in it along with the meditation. I want to encourage you to, to come to Mass as often as you can during Lent. I realize some of you guys are way out on a farm. It takes you 20 minutes, a half hour, whatever, to come in. But those of you who live in town, I, I want to encourage you, come to daily Mass. Come to daily Mass. Those of you who live close to town, come to daily Mass. Even if it's a couple of more times you know, in a week. Uh, we have different times here. We're going to have Stations of the Cross on Monday nights. Normally, I take Monday off. I still celebrate Mass wherever I'm at. But this, this, uh, this Lent, I plan to be here with the exception, I think, one Monday during, during Lent. But all that is, I'll have Monday evening Mass. We'll have Stations of the Cross. The day that I'm gone, Deacon Dan will we'll have Stations. But to, to really come before the Lord, to open your hearts to Him, and to say, Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I need you. We need the sacraments, folks. Without the sacraments, we can't be saved. Without Jesus, which the sacraments are, we can't be saved. So let's come to Mass often. If, if you're not going to Sunday Mass, if you're skipping Mass, this Lent, really make that a priority. I'm going to go to every Sunday Mass or, or the vigil of Sunday, Saturday evening. If you are required to work on Sundays, your boss doesn't let you off, then come during the week. Come, come, um, another mass during the week, or a couple of masses, whatever it takes. If we all died Easter Monday, wouldn't it be great if all of us would go straight to heaven? Wouldn't that be great? Let's pray for that.